Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. Happy Monday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein here on AWOD Radio, just past 2 p.m. here on an August 28th. I'm live from Capitol Alehouse here in Innsbruck. As I'll be here every Monday throughout football season, talking college football, recapping the NFL on Sunday, the Commanders, and previewing Monday night football. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, covers UVA and the ACC for the Augusta Free Press. It's Chris Graham. What's going on, Chris? Adam, it's game week, man. I am hyped. I'm ready to go. Well, what were your thoughts on week zero of the college football season, man? Um, there were some games. I mean, you, you, not a lot to get our attention, but, uh, you know, it's football. It, they get, they count. Uh, Notre Dame with a huge win. You know, uh, closed things out the way they needed to. USC a little closer for a while than they expected, but they pulled away late. So, you know, the, the seal's broken off. we got a season now. That's good. Heisman watch, who are the candidates that you'll be watching this season? Obviously, in the ACC, there's Drake May. I love me some Caleb Williams at USC. Who are a, th- a few other names out there? Oh, God. You know, I've, since I covered the ACC and, and, and focus so much attention there, Drake May, uh, he's a must-have for the ACC this year. You know, the ACC needs to get at least one team in the playoff. Uh, we need to get Drake May uh, to be a Heisman guy uh, for the ACC standpoint. We need some. We need some love there, so... Uh, you know, all in there as far as that goes. Uh, you know, Caleb Williams, yeah, he's 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 got to be a guy uh, that you're looking at there. And you know, it's it's a quarterback centric thing. There's not a lot of running backs are getting the love anymore. So you know, I can't think of who those other guys would be, but those two guys have to be the, the early front runners anyway. So, Chris, what is your plan when you're heading to Nashville to see UVA against the 12 ranked Volunteers? I'm heading down on Friday. Uh, I get down there uh, Friday afternoon, I guess, and it's an early start on Saturday. Uh, Twelve o'clock kickoff, eleven o'clock their time down in the Central Time Zone. So, uh, kind of an interesting time to kick off a football game. But uh, yeah, I mean, so I want to be there the night before, uh, get, live a little bit downtown Nashville, and uh, yep. and then be ready for some football Saturday. Yeah, you definitely got to check out Broadway. And it is interesting how things get started early in Tennessee. You know, when I was there last year, it's the same thing with the NFL. All the games begin at 12 noon, and, you know, the whole place is bumping it, and people are fired up. They love football there, and it's a great environment for UVA to start their season. So give me your preview. What do you want to see from the Who's game one against Tennessee? Just hang around. You know, they're 28-point underdogs. Uh, and, you know, the Vegas numbers will be out, I think, today. So we'll get a better feel for that. I'm, I'm going off the DraftKings numbers. But 28-point underdogs, that sounds about right. Uh, you know, hang around. Make it a game. Keep 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 some interest into the third quarter. Get, get you know, everybody healthy. Uh, have the quarterback, Tony Musket, named starting quarterback last week. You know, ha- let him have some success. Uh, keep him upright for the most part. And, you know, if, if, if this game is, is a, maybe a two-score game in the third quarter and Tennessee has to play out their starters a little more than they expect um, as a 28-point underdog, that's all you can expect if you're UVA. And if, if you can keep this game a game into the fourth quarter, then you've really achieved what you needed to achieve. One of the coolest stories about UVA this season I've been reading about 
is the 34-year-old Virginia kicker, ex-Marine Matt Ganyard. Uh, what kind of impact is he going to make? Is he just going to be doing kickoffs? Do you think he'll kick field goals as well? And what are your thoughts on this story? I mean, a guy 34 years old going to play college football. Yeah, as of last week, Matt, uh, uh, the, uh, Keith Gaither, the special teams coordinator, said that, that, that uh, Ganyard was still in the running to be the place kicker, field goals and extra points in addition to kickoff specialists. So it's funny, if, if he's a kickoff specialist, he might be the first Cavalier to touch a ball uh, in the game if, if Virginia you know, were to kick off the, lead, uh, kick off the game. And uh, what's funny about that is this guy had not even put pads on. Uh, he had never, he's never played in a football game, never played high school football. He played high school soccer. Uh, he was a UVA student, graduated in 2011. There's a loophole, if you can say, in uh, the NCAA regulations that your, your five-year clock uh, that starts when you enroll in, in college and start classes uh, and for, to play four years, uh, he, he was able to defer that because of his military service. He was a U.S. Marine Corps a helicopter pilot. Came back to UVA after that uh, his term of service in the military was up. He went to he's in the Darden School in his second year, and he's 34 years old. Yeah, you know the the guys call him Pop, they call him Grandpa, uh, and uh, he's Uncle Matt. I mean that's the that's the nicest one they call him. Uh, but he's a guy that, according to Coach Tony Elliott, uh, he's really booming the ball. Uh, but he's never he's never worn, he had never worn a helmet, never wore football pads until three uh, three and a half weeks ago. Uh, so his first his first football game ever will be there in Nashville. I mean, 34 years old, he's got to be the oldest Cavaliers football player ever. Is there any other story that's been similar to this in your time covering UVA? I can't think of not even just UVA. I can't think of anything like this. I mean, it's kind of like a real life Rudy, you know, the movie yeah. Rudy from, <laughs> from back in the day. And you know, nothing embellished here, though. I mean, he's he's going to be out there and. You know, one thing we asked him about last week, uh, there, he, he was made available for a, for a lengthy press conference. Most kickoff specialists and guys who are in the running to be the, the place kicker don't get their own press conferences. There's so much interest in his story. Uh, we asked about, okay, so you've, you've never made a tackle before, I'm guessing, right? And, he, of course, he's not made a tackle because he'd never played football until three and a half weeks ago. Uh, but uh, so he may, you know, on, on special teams, if he doesn't kick the ball out of the end zone, he may have to make a tackle. So that'll that'll be interesting. But then again, he's been he's a Marine, so he he might be able to make a tackle. But uh, uh, you know, just the fact that he he had to take a, a, a he basically bought a rubber football that he would take with him on his missions. He would be deployed for seven months uh, at different part, you know, parts of the world, and he would uh, when he was off duty, he would kick a football and uh, try to try to you know maintain uh, what he had uh, going at that time. He tried out for UVA football back in 2009 when Al Rowe was still the coach. We've had. Virginia football since then has had Mike London as a coach, Franco Mendenhall as a coach, Tony Elliott as a coach, and uh, he tried out back in the Glow era. Now he's playing under Tony Elliott. It's it's quite an interesting story. Going into the season, you know, I've been reading Streaking the Law, and they've got a good a preview for the season, and they've been saying, you know, best case scenario six and six, worst case two and ten. Is that something that you agree with there? Um, I can see five or six wins uh, if things go a certain way, and I can see one or two wins if things go the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably fair. Uh, you know, the schedule is, is a little favorable, especially early in the season. Perhaps, James, you could be a win. You know, that that's the home opener next weekend uh, You know, after the game at Tennessee. Uh, they've got um, uh, Wayman Mary in October. They go to Boston College uh, early in the season. The two techs, Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, are 
are projected to be towards the bottom of the ACC standings like Virginia has been projected. So, you know, you can maybe sneak a win somewhere else and get to six wins. But also this team, if, if you know, injuries stack up early to key positions like at quarterback, for example, uh, offensive line, yeah, this team could, could really struggle. So, yeah, I, I think I can go with that. I know you wrote about the quarterback battle with Tony Musket and uh, the freshman. You know, how how long should the leash be here for Musket this season? I think it should probably be a, a little longer than you might say, just based on the fact they battled so late in the camp over the starting job. Just because Anthony Calendria is a true freshman, uh, he would love to get, you know, ideally for EVA football fans, if, if this season goes – and Calandria is the backup quarterback all season long, but never takes a snap, never gets into a game, and then as a result gets to use this year as a redshirt year, that would be the best-case scenario. That would mean Tony Musket played well, uh, he didn't get hurt, and uh, Calandria gets the benefit of preparing each week as the backup quarterback, getting those mental reps when he's on the sidelines during the game, uh, but also doesn't have to use this year. Brennan Armstrong uh, had a similar uh, situation back in 2018. He was the backup to Bryce Perkins the whole season and didn't have to use that year. That was a redshirt year for him. So that was a real benefit to him uh, and, and to the UVA program as a result. So um, I would hope that the, the leash can be long, but, you know, if the if, if the results aren't there, Calandria, you know, I, he looked good in the spring game. He had good numbers in the spring game. He's a guy that put up big numbers in high school. So if need be and they need to go to him, that wouldn't be the worst-case scenario. Chris, always appreciate you taking the time to join the show. Read Chris Graham's work at the AugustaFreePress.com. Follow them on social media, Aug Free Press. And our buddy Frank Maloney wanted me to remind you to stream Who's Talking Tonight on the Odyssey app. It returns at 6 p.m. They've got Billy McMullen, Paul Collins, Jeff McDonald, and Dr. Jody Smith right here on 910 The Fan at 6. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me on, man. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. AWOD Radio, every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. You can join me every Monday. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show as we Preview Monday Night Football here every Monday, live and local in Richmond from 12 to 3 p.m. So it's time to do a little AWOD movie review here on The Fan. I've got Mom Wad with me, Amy. <laughs> Mom Wad. <laughs> Hello. Let's do a little Netflix okay. on AWOD Radio. Netflix, the best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. So we've got Movie Land, Boulevard Square. We've got the Bird Theater. But we chose to watch at the AWOD Theater last night. It was the best. And my home TV, of course, where we could have an old-fashioned mix and sit back, relax after Indian food, and check out Blackberry, the 2023 drama comedy uh, starring Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Jay Baruchel, who plays Mike Lazaridis, who is the founder of the BlackBerry phone. Now, Zach, let me ask you this. How familiar are you with the story of BlackBerry? Did you ever own a BlackBerry? Never did. Never did. No, I went right to – I had a flip phone from – Zach, I can't hear you. Oh. 
Sorry, I never did. I had a flip phone from Verizon, then I wait. <laughs> I went right to a Nokia. I, I believe yeah. it was a 1087 or whatever they called those things. And then I went iPhone, so I okay. bypassed oh. the BlackBerry. So I know my mom had a BlackBerry when she was working uh, for Travelers. They gave you phone. the yeah. company phone, and you never really let me play with it as a kid. And I remember <laughs> that because I, I would love technology, and, and I wanted to get my hand on every phone growing up. I remember when I first got my Motorola Razor. I was obsessed with that thing, you know, texting on it, playing that. games on it, yeah. the first flip phone. Um, but the BlackBerry story was awesome, and I love this one review that I found online, all right? You can respond to it, Mom. Okay. It says, it's a great look into the high energy and ruthless nature of business and the tech industry. Unlike films like Jobs or The Social Network, where the audience is already familiar with the success of these products, the, bla the fate of BlackBerry is already sealed. Much like watching Titanic, you already know of the tragedy that is looming throughout the entire movie, so you're almost filled with a sense of dread while things unexpectedly start going awry. What'd you think? Good. It sums it up. Right? It's, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like the greatest thing since sliced bread at first, and it, and it had a, a good part of the market share, share <laughs> for a while. Yeah, and, and there's just a better product that came out. Well, that's yeah. that was so interesting is when you get to the part of the movie where you see Steve Jobs on stage and uh, the owner right. of BlackBerry is like, oh, no way. It's just a fad. He's like, why are they putting a touch screen? Everybody wants a keyboard, you know? Right. And then he came up with the idea to have the first BlackBerry that's full touch screen that still has the click of the keyboard. And it goes completely wrong. Oh, Spoiler alert terrible. for everyone <laughs> out there. He, the whole movie, he's saying, I'm not going to go through China. I'm not going to go through China. They make mm -hmm. cheap products. I'm going to do it myself. And then he basically, what? He kind of sold out and he, he sent it to China. Yeah, but, and it came and back, was, and every single phone was defective. Right. Every single one. Right, and you, and you see all these boxes of those phones I got from China, and you're like, is he going to go through every one? And there was a buzzing, and, you know, it was terrible. But he'd had several other instances where... Like his friend said, don't go with this guy, you know, the uh, Valsili, and he did anyway. Yeah. You know, he kind of made compromises. And but what I did like is, so they kind of Hollywood ended up a little bit, and they made it look him and his friend Doug got into a Doug, fight, yeah. and they broke up. But then at the end of the movie, they reveal that Doug sold his shares. He's one of the richest men in the world, mm -hmm. and he started another company after that with Mac Mike Lazaridis. So the two yeah. kind of reconnected. Yeah, and I was glad to, yeah. to see that little postscript. What else yeah. was your other biggest takeaway from that movie? takeaway from that movie. I don't know. I th it, there was just some very funny things like when Val Silly said, you know, get, get those nerds to make all the phones, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and just the way they, they got the name Blackberry because it was really good the way they kind of developed that because he had all those names like Powerlink and, right. and they weren't, they just weren't good. They weren't no. catchy. <laughs> he was like, well, you're going to have phone, email, and text all in one thing. We're going to call it email link. Yeah. And the guy's it, like, get the hell bad. out of here it with that bad. name. No, it's funny. The guy, he goes, that was the worst sales pitch I've ever heard. I need you to hire me as your CEO. Right? And right. he's like, I'll give you $20,000, 50% right now. And he ends right. up taking the deal. And they wound up doing it. Yeah. yeah. Although I think it was 35, but whatever. But uh, he... Then you see him with the stain on his shirt, and then it cuts to like, what are we going to name the company or the new product? Right. And then you figure out, oh, he spilled the fruit. He probably spilled some blackberry, and that's <laughs> what they call blackberry. So I'm going to give this AWOD rating here. We do it on joggers, all right? Zero okay. through five. Four out of five joggers. Four and a half out of five, actually. Four and a half. I thought it was an excellent movie. I was entertained throughout the entire thing. It was relatable to me because I feel like I grew up in the BlackBerry era yeah. and the best part of the movie was to me was when they were talking about 
you know, Glenn Harrington's character, of course, he's from Saturday, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And he's, oh, he's kind of a, a douchebag in that show. He's, you know, oh, okay. kind of a prick, right? But he plays the similar character in this movie. And, and my favorite thing was when he was just talking about what Blackberry meant. He was like, it's a status symbol. And I felt right. that way when I was a kid. And every time you saw someone with a Blackberry, you're like, that person probably makes six figures. They probably work on Wall Street. Yeah. You know, there's a reason they're on their phone all day. Yeah. And so he was right about that. There was something about Blackberry that was a status symbol. Because it was like an executive's little toy. Kind right. Of. It, it wasn't, you didn't feel like the whole public was going to own one. Yeah. And it was cool how you know, throughout the movie, he's kind of emailing on it when they came yeah. up with BlackBerry Mobile, which was iMessage before iMessage. Right. It was an encrypted text so that, you know, you could talk for free. Yeah. That was the cool part of the movie also. They're like, yeah, everyone's paying 99 cents to, to right. text. Right. How about doing it for free with BlackBerry? <laughs> so I'm giving it a four out of five. What's your rating? I, I think I would go along with that. I thought it was very entertaining. Yeah. It was, I didn't Good Lord, guys. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you should it's check it out. It's not very well publicized. The only reason I had read an article about Glenn Howerton yeah. getting that lead and, you know, and then I, that's how I knew about the movie. But yeah. I hadn't really seen any press no. or publicity for it. IMDb so. gave it a 74. Rotten Tomatoes loves it, 98%. Uh, I agree. I loved it. It's six ninety nine right now on Amazon Prime, worth every penny. Yeah. It reminded me in a, in a way although it was a little different, the movie about the Nike, um, how they marketed yes, it as did. like a basketball shoe. and yeah, It was like that, but yeah. better. Because yeah. you kind of see the CEOs, and, and really you realize that these CEOs are just, you know, screaming at people, basically, right. throughout the movie. They're not the nerds that are actually making the things. Oh, yeah. So that was cool. Also. Hey, so it's one of they the wa uh, they watched movies all the time. <laughs> sorry, Amy. One sorry. of my producers in training <laughs> anyway. said there is a big rise in these uh, biopics on brands. Yeah. They seem oh, to be yeah. really popular. Yeah. Well, yeah. I saw the Tetris movie. It's kind of similar because it's like a, a game brand, but it, it didn't work out. It was basically a political thriller. You didn't, you didn't I didn't like it. Like it. Okay. it was all about, like, yeah. you know, the Cold War. Well, it's funny you say that, Zach, because there's this the be Beanie Baby one that's. Um, I'm sure. I wanted to see that. Yeah. Remember that's, all these uh, the Have you gone to see Barbie yet, Mom? Oh, I loved Barbie. Really? Yeah, yeah we yeah. went over that. She loved Barbie. I loved Barbie. Remember? Oh, yeah, that's and right. And I loved Oppenheimer yeah, you as saw. well. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm the I still need to go out and see Oppenheimer. I know. Well, it'll probably. It'll, it'll stream at some point soon, and it's excellent. Zach, where are you um, at with Game of Thrones? Um, I'm nearing the end. We've oh, had, my gosh. We've had the, uh, the Great War. Yeah. Um, and now we're going to see what's what's going on after the dust has settled. But I did want to check in with the box office. Gran Turismo was the number one. Beat Barbie, Blue Beetle, <laughs> Oppenheimer, and TMNT. So that's what's really? going on the big screen. Yeah, Gran And that's Turismo. like the F1 movie? Yeah, where right? he like learns on the video game and then actually does the race in the car in real life. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure my former producer, Adam Cheek's already seen <laughs> yeah. it three times. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know that I will go see... Gran Turismo. <laughs> I'm actually kind of interested in Blue Beetle. Me too. Which finished in third place. Yeah. yeah. Another $12.8 million. Yeah. All right. Definitely, definitely a good net Netflix, Mom. Good job with BlackBerry. Yeah, Thank you. And yeah. Now, you got to get it. on the road. We want you to avoid traffic and make sure while you're driving you be away from Richmond. No, no, you did it. Time. You did it. <laughs> while you're driving away from Richmond, you listen to 910, and then you can flip over to 105.1 FM. So I get ratings on both sides there. All right? <laughs> right. Thanks for stopping by, Mom. Bye, love you're you. Yes, Bye, yes. Bye. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Your home for AWOD Radio. Every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. AWOD Radio.
Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. If you want to get in touch with me throughout the show, phone lines are open. It could be the quarterback of this segment, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Zach, do you know what happens tomorrow, Tuesday, August 29th at 4 p.m.? Tomorrow at 4 p.m. It's not a football game or anything like that, is it? All of the teams in the NFL must have their rosters cut down uh, yes. to 53 prior to tomorrow's 4 p.m. deadline. I feel so bad for all those guys on the cut line, man. I know. I know. I feel bad, too. But that's the lead story here as we go around the NFL once again on AWOD Radio. There's a couple big names that could get cut. And a couple big names that could be moved. Like, what do you think is going to happen with Colts star Jonathan Taylor? Right? I mean, that's the that's the big question right there. The, the Colts, the Colts granted him permission to seek a trade, and there appears to be interest in him around the league. What do you think? You going to go on record here, Zach? Will Jonathan Taylor be wearing a Colts uniform this season? No, he definitely doesn't want to play. They let go another running back yesterday I saw on the uh, yeah. on the scroll but um, Miami makes sense they have money and picks so they want to go all in for that NFC or uh, AFC East up there that would be a good way to do it here's my take I think Jim Ursay is playing a game here with Jonathan Taylor he's got a rookie quarterback what's a rookie quarterback's best friend a, a darn good running back Jonathan Taylor will suit up for the Colts this season all right, they're going to get him back from this holdout, similar to what happened with the Raiders and Josh Jacobs, right? He held out for a few months. Well, he's back now, so and he's going to wear a different uh, uniform this year. He's going to wear number 8 instead of number 28, which he was drafted by the Raiders with in 2019. But I, I just think these running backs have, have nothing uh, in their power right now to hold as a bargain over these owners. I think if I'm an NFL running back and I'm pissed off about how much I'm getting paid, all right, I try to get a one-year deal like Jacobs did. We're $12 million. That's smooth, right? Or you just come back to the team, you play three or four weeks of the season, and then you say I'll hold out after you have three or four touchdowns. You know, what kind of power do they have right now before the season's even begun? But if the Giants come out and Saquon Barkley leads them to a 3-0 record and then he says I'm not playing this week unless you pay me, that, that's how they could change some of these owners' minds. I just think um, Jonathan Taylor is going to end up playing for the Colts this season. I don't think they end up trading their star running back while they have a rookie quarterback. You know who's a guy who could end up getting cut in the next few days here? Marcus Mariota. Really? Yeah, the Eagles have not been happy from with Mariota throughout preseason. I was just reading an article this morning from CBS projecting that Mariota, the former Heisman Trophy winner, could be cut by the Eagles tomorrow at 4 p.m. So who's backing up the stud there? Because they gave Mariota a lot of looks in Philly this I know. preseason. Well, the, the Eagles fans, they want Nick Foles back. <laughs> yeah, they do. They want Big D Nick back there to be the backup <laughs> once again. Uh, look, there's an, there's an article from Sports Illustrated yesterday. Eagles x Nick Foles. Possibly coming out of retirement, quote, nothing drastic, says the QB. I mean, Eagles fans are desperate to have Nick Foles come back. Um, here's another story we wanted to get to here on NFL Hits on AWOD Radio. Matthew Stafford's wife is coming out in an interview speaking uh, for him now. God. I know, I know. Here's the thing. Uh, behind the scenes, 
I almost ended up as the producer of Kelly Stafford's show. Two years ago, I was an editor for BetQL, right? And I wanted to get another full-time job. And she was working for this company in L.A. that was started by E from uh, Entourage. And you know Entourage is one of my favorite shows ever. And so I saw, this is a production company started by E. Is that And Turtle? so I actually, no, no. E was the small redhead guy, right? Um, so he was the manager, right? So obviously oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, manages yeah. now a podcast company. I ended up interviewing for that job a few years ago. Uh, didn't get the job, but Kelly Stafford has, I think it's called The Morning After with Kelly Stafford. And she was quoted speaking about how Matthew Stafford is struggling to have a relationship with some of his younger receivers. I mean, what is he? He's like 35 years old now, so that kind of makes sense a little bit. But here's what um, was said. Uh, I don't know how to lead people I have no connection with, said Matthew Stafford. I have to find some way to connect with them. So I've been going as far to having staff print out a Facebook so I can remember everyone's name and make an attempt to get to know them by putting a name to their face. Quote from Matthew Stafford's wife, Kelly, on her podcast said, quote, they get out of practice and meetings during training camp and they go straight to their phones. No one looks up from their phones. Matthew's like, I don't know. Am I the dad in the room? Do I take their phones away? What do I do here? He's like, I want to say to them, they say sir to him and stuff. And he's like, no, we're on the same level here, guys. We're both playing in the league. Let me get to know you guys. That doesn't make me feel any confident for the Rams this season. The fact that they've got these young wide receivers that are on their phone during meetings with Matthew Stafford's trying to, you know, talk about audibles and stuff, it uh, might go terribly wrong for the Rams this year. Could you could you imagine being in the room? Like, did he interview with her or something? Or is this like combos that they're having at the house? This combos that's yeah. That's the stuff that's what's coming out that, that I don't really like. It's combos that conversations that Matthew Stafford's having at with his wife behind closed doors at their house and, and she's, she's opening it up it out on her show. in a conversation that's on her no podcast. Good. That's no good. It's very no good. It's very no good. That's out of bounds. It really is. Now I, I will say the quotes she didn't say anything crazy. You know, she's basically she's trying to explain that basically she's just trying to these young husband. wide receivers. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: is maybe Matthew Stafford needs to realize when my wife has a podcast, I, I can't, uh, I can't vent to her anymore, right? Because <laughs> then she's going to turn around and vent to the entire country. You know? Uh, imagine being such a big Rams fan that you wait till Kelly Stafford posts a new podcast every week, Shut and you're the it, first Kelly. to download that. Shut it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, man. I can't wait for football season, dude. So I have um, a league that I started with uh, my friends in my building this year. And so we're going to draft next week. Then we have our Odyssey League drafting September 5th. And so it's it's about time here that AWOD starts doing some mock drafts. It's about time I start doing some mocks, you know. Because that's, that's the thing with the draft is if you don't do the mock drafts, you end up botching it. You, you end up dropping the ball. And it happened to me last year because I didn't realize that running backs were done last year. I drafted too many running backs in the first, second, and third round and ended up having not a good enough wide receiver group. And so this year, if, if I get a pick in the, in the top seven, I'm going to take Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. I'm in on wide receivers this year. I'm still going to end up hopefully getting a few running backs. Like I'm eyeing Brian Robinson Jr. Don't you have him on your dynasty league? 
in my main league, in my college league, where I'm traveling for the draft this weekend, yes. Yeah. Um, I kept him. La- he will be a keeper for me for the next two seasons because I'm losing my keepers that I've had for three seasons, Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb. This is going to be a tough year for me with new keepers. That is a tough one. How yeah. about this question from ESPN? They put out their fantasy football mock drafts in the first round. If you had the eighth overall pick and both are available, are you taking Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback who will run for a bunch of yards and some touchdowns? Or are you taking Mr. Four Touchdowns a Game, Travis Kelsey? Eighth pick overall. I think I'm uh, leading Travis Kelsey. Yeah, everybody's going Kelsey because the, the, uh, there's no depth to the tight end. Like, there's there's elite and then there's other tight ends. So right. this it's, year it's probably Kelsey, Andrews, and I think Hawkinson. I would put Kittle up there, and I would He's not be hurt. against uh, drafting Darren Waller. Oh, with the Giants. From Vegas to the Giants. He could have a big year this year, that's for sure. But not elite. Meh, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Remember, I'm all in on the G Men. I've got the G Men winning the division, so I might have to draft Darren Waller. (laughs) 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 I'm Adam Epstein. You've been listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. Final segment coming up next. about with going for it on fourth downs or challenging plays or play calling it's most frustrating team in the world to root for and every sunday i depress myself for three hours every day 12 to 3 on the new sports radio 910 the fan welcome back i'm adam epstein you're listening to awad radio here on the new Sports Radio 910, the fan now at 105.1 FM, your home for Virginia Tech football. All of the Hokies games can be heard right here on 910, the fan, and the season begins this Saturday as the Hokies host Old Dominion. You can also watch that game on the ACC Network, part of their primetime package for this season. That's the primetime game week one in college football the Monarchs of ODU visiting the Hokies of Virginia Tech. ODU has won two of the last three contests against Virginia Tech. We've also got U.S. Open action underway right now from New York City. Novak Djokovic, the number two seed in this year's tournament, will begin tonight against Alexandra Muller at 8.30 p.m. C.T. Poss against Milos Rayanich at 7 p.m. If you're a gambler, my buddy who loves tennis, told me he thinks Tsitsipas could lose in the first round. So you might as well look into Milos Reynich, maybe put a small wager on that. All the AWOD Army members can sign up on FanDuel right now with the promo code AWOD. I'll be watching all the Americans throughout the day today. We already had one American and Ben Shelton win in four sets. He advances to the second round. J.J. Wolf is down two sets to one in his fourth set match right now. And my favorite American, the 10th-rated, 10th-ranked Francis Tiafo is up one set right now on Lerner Tien. That's 6-2 on serve, 2-1 in the second set. Brandon Nakashima faces off against the 32-ranked uh, player right now. That's on serve in the fifth set. And then you get to watch Tommy Paul, the 14th-ranked American, at 250. And then Taylor Fritz, the 9th-ranked American, at 315. And Zach, I started the tennis season in January by predicting that 2023 would be the year that an American 
wins a Grand Slam. It has not happened in American men winning a Grand Slam in 20 years since Andy Roddick. Now, this is our last opportunity. It didn't happen in Australia. It didn't happen at the French. It didn't even come close at Wimbledon. Can we get an American to at least make the semifinals here at the U.S. Open? And it starts today. I think the guy that I, I, I think has the biggest shot is probably Francis Tiafo. He made a run to the quarterfinals last year, and it felt like all of America was supporting the local DMV product. Uh, the guy that made it the farthest in Wimbledon, was Christopher Eubanks, the 28th-ranked American, who begins his U.S. Open tonight at 5 p.m. His story is so cool because he quit tennis. He quit tennis and took my job, Zach. He became <laughs> an announcer, became a collar commentator for tennis Wait, at 26 that, years old. Does he 26 like, years old. Does he kind of look like Tiger Woods a little bit? Is yes, yes, that's about? exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 Christopher yeah. No, Eubanks. good. So he, Fritz is it, good, too, but... I don't know. With the hard court, they got to hit hard on the. I know Fritz is a big server, but. I know, I know. And it's probably just going to be Carlos Alcaraz, the young Spaniard uh, who won the U.S. Open last year. So I want to see him and Djokovic again in the finals. But Eubanks, so he quit tennis, became a commentator, and he was commenting on tennis players and saying things like, oh, they're going for too much. They're not going for the simple shot. They're not going down the line. They're not attack attacking the net. And he realized, I should be making those differences in my own game and so he went back to professional tennis at 27 years old and had so much success at Wimbledon so I'll be supporting him definitely at the U.S. Open he begins tonight at 5 p.m. Uh, Zach any other sports stories that we missed here on AWOD radio today? Um, well I'm training a couple producers or uh, you know some uh, board ops here today and one of them was talking about the the basketball games that they're playing the guy that really is Loves Kobe and embodied Kobe. Yeah. Rondé um, Hollis-Jefferson. He so he played he played at Arizona in college. And when I was covering VCU, I saw him his senior year. That Arizona team was stacked. Uh, Brandon Ashley, they had another seven-footer. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Stanley Johnson, TJ McConnell. Little six-foot-one TJ McConnell had the best NBA career of all those guys. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson now out of the NBA, but he's playing for the country Jordan in the FIBA World Cup, and he went off for like 30 points. And although he's a lefty, he really looks like Kobe Bryant in the replays. It's so awesome to see. And, of course, uh, people were celebrating Kobe Bryant Day on August 24th, 824, and they announced that they're going to reveal a Kobe Bryant statue I believe it'll be February 8th of 2024, so 2-8-2024 outside of the Staples Center, which is now Crypto.com Arena. I hate calling it Crypto.com Arena. Uh, it'll always be the Staples Center in my mind, but that'll be awesome to see a statue for Kobe Bryant. Oh, the other one I was going to mention was Victor Hovland, uh, who oh, yeah. ever, ever since the FedEx Cup started has been on fire. He, won, he shot um, a 7-under final round and won – the tournament, he was 27 under for the tournament. He won by five over Shoffley. Wow. So Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch fire. any golf this weekend. Could, could he be legit now? Because it's still up for grabs, like who the number one could be. But this guy is toying with these people the last couple months. He's amazing. Here's Victor something. Hovland. Yeah, I know. Everybody talks about Victor. The junkies love to talk about Victor Hovland. Okay. Uh, the Browns reportedly cut their kicker, Cade York and traded for former Redskins kicker and former Chargers kicker Justin Hopkins. This just came out uh, about 30 minutes ago. Cleveland cut kicker Cade York and traded for kicker Dustin Hopkins, according to 
Adam Schefter. After York did not have a good preseason with the Browns, he only converted four of his eight field goal attempts. Oof, 50% right there, including two potentially game-winning kicks that he missed <laughs> against the Eagles. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, that'll get that's, you cut. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm so happy that it didn't matter. It was a meaningless game against the Ravens, but we can count on Joey Sly now that he hit a 49-yarder for the win. You know, I, last year it just felt like anything 45-plus was going to be tough for him. But, yes, it's preseason, but to have him already have a game-winning field goal under the under his belt here uh, definitely makes me excited for him kicking field goals for the Commanders this season. And Odyssey Richmond is proud to be home of the Commanders here in Richmond, Virginia. You can hear it on the Odyssey app or on 910 The Fan. The first few games, as the squirrel season is still going on, will air on WRVA. And we're going to have a special post-game show this season on 910 The Fan. I know I'm going to be involved with it. I'm excited for that because growing up, after a Commanders game, that's how I fell in love with radio, was turning on Al Galdi or Kevin Sheehan and sitting in the car with my dad after we drove home and wanting to get my opinion heard. And that's why I work in radio because I want to hear, I want to have my opinion heard. And so I'm really excited to have our own post-game show for the Commanders games this season. And I predicted 10 and 7. If you were out at Football Fest, Zach, 10 and 7 for the Commanders this season. So after they have more than seven losses, you know, I'll have to, uh, you know, eat crow or whatever they say. You know, careful, careful. <laughs> uh, we did that in Miami, a talk show host. He said he would eat crow, <laughs> and we actually made a remote out of it, and we cooked up a crow. <laughs> He I actually have very, a good bet here. He said it was my, very gamey. <laughs> so a few of my friends have been listening to the show, and they heard me predict 10 and 7 for the Commanders. And they're Commanders fans, but they don't believe it. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say on air what one guy said he would do. Hey, get ready for the dump button here, just in case. But oh, I'm going to say He's got to make sure it's reset. Okay. It's I'm reset. just. I'm going to go for it. What? He is it said. Seven, is one of the seven dirty words? No, no, no. I'm, you know what? I'll just explain it. Okay. He said he would pull his pants down. And take a pro a part of his body <laughs> and get it pierced oh, God. if the commanders win ten games. <laughs> and then my other buddy said, I will tattoo Riverboat Ron on my buttocks if he's still has a job in eight months. If he still has a job in eight months. <laughs> we might have to bring these guys on. I know, I know, that's what I said. <laughs> I said, Woody, we're going to bring you on air, and we're going to do a live tattoo at, like, look, Lucky 13, the tattoo shop in town here, if Ron Rivera still has a job in eight months. <laughs> I will not be anywhere near the room where they're going to pierce your buddies, you know where. <laughs> Whenever that happens. Oh, my God. When he sent that text, I immediately screenshotted it, and I said, you don't say that to a radio host, bro. You're on, you're on the hook now. <laughs> oh, man. Good show today, man. We've had a lot of fun. Thanks to my mom for stopping by. Thanks to Kyle Roenick, David Harrison. If you missed any of the show, you can rewind on the Odyssey app. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.